This is the second in a three video series we shot in the spring of 2019. Uh, Nick Pelham, defensive coordinator at the time at South uh, Dutch Fork High School in South Carolina. He's one of the most dynamic speakers we've had on Chief Pigskin. He's got a lot of content over at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Check it out. This one includes a tackling circuit that I've used uh, since this day, since the day I saw it. Hi, Nick Pelham, defensive coordinator at Dutch Fork High School in Irmo, South Carolina. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back um, to back to back to back state champions in four-time state champions in South Carolina. Um, this video is a supplement to an earlier video series that I did um, on the nuts and the bolt, bolts, the install of our 3-4 defense. If you're interested in checking that out, you can find that at store.chiefpigskin.com. Uh, winning with fundamentals, defensive team, group, and individual drills. Uh, Nick Pelham, Dutch Fork High School here in South Carolina. <clears throat> um, I get a lot of questions about our scheme, and and you know we'll we'll do some things, but the the biggest thing about our scheme is that we try to make it as simple as possible. So so everything that we try to do with the names, with the reads, we try to boil it down as simple as possible. So at the end of the day. As the old cliche goes, the kids can play fast. <clears throat> so we think it's really important that not only are we going to be sound in what we do with our scheme, but we want it simple enough that it really does come down to tackling, getting off of blocks, being in the right spot, um, all of those little details that we can train, uh, pass rush technique, which there'll be some spots in here for some some specific pass rush drills that we'll do. But we try, and, and because we are pretty simple schematically, we can also try to, uh, every single day is not lining up, um, and, and this is the new defense we're running this week, or this is the new coverage we have to install. There's very little install each week. So a lot of our practices are designed around fundamentals and tackling. In fact, uh, tackling, we will, we will tackle all, most weeks, four times a week, you know, we'll, we'll do a 10-minute tackling on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And most of the time, we'll even, on a Thursday, walk through practice um, with shoulder pads on. We'll still do our, our tackling drills. The way we've kind of done all of our tackling drills and, and organized them, you can do them year-round. Uh, you don't have to have a football. Um, like I always like to tell all my, my players, tackling is with your feet. Tackling is not about being uh, the strongest guy and, 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 and barreling people to the ground. Tackling is about two things. Number one, your footwork. And number two, knowing which angle you are on. Are you an outside player? Are you an inside player? If you miss, where is it acceptable to miss the tackle, inside or outside? You always have to know where your help is and you have to know where you fit in the scheme and that right there helps your fundamentals and it helps your tackling. <clears throat> As I mentioned before, we do tackle four times a week. Uh, we will work on it in the summer. Uh, when, when we don't have pads on, we'll still do our tackle drills because it's not high contact. Um, I haven't had one example in, in four years at Dutch Fork of, of any kid getting a concussion or anything like that in a tackling drill. 
We teach keep your head out of it. But we really want to be high intensity with our feet, but very little contact in our tackling drills. Um, so here's how we do it. The <laughs> this is sort of embarrassed to say this, but I try to do everything as a progression as much as possible. Number one, so it makes sense to kids. And number two, so it looks organized. Um, I always hate when you, when, you, when, you, when you tell a group of kids, all right, let's do this drill, and they kind of look around, they're like, well, where, where do we line up? What's the, they, they don't know the name of the drill. They, they've never seen the drill before, and you end up wasting time. So we always really stress and emphasize when it's time to get in our normal tackling, they know they're in lines of four and they're going to be on, on every white line. And a lot of times we'll even take, you know, we definitely have our varsity and JV are practicing together. A lot of times we even take our ninth graders and our ninth grade team, which will practice separately for their team periods, but they will do the tackling drills with us. And it's a great thing that I really like being the defensive coordinator is I can look at the whole thing. I don't have to be assigned a line. I can look and it should look the same as I look down and we're lines and we're on whistles and we're uniform and I know it seems a little autocratic almost but, but I really like how we organize it so we don't waste time. When we say tackle drills, the kids know where to hustle to, they know where to set it up. Um, now we don't do every single drill every single day and we mix them up but we always start with this organization. I think that's really helped us because we can get a lot of tackling done in a 10-minute period because our kids know exactly where to go when it's time to tackle. They know what groups they're in. They can get in lines of this. So we always go lines of four on all the white lines. Uh, that gives the offense, since we practice on the same field, uh, we, we go on one end of the field. Sometimes we have to go all the way um, past the 50. If we have more kids than that in groups of four, then we'll go on the other side of the field and I can look both ways while the offense has the other half of the field. <clears throat> so here's how it looks. We have groups of four. They're on every five um, big white line, every five yards. <clears throat> how we teach our form tackling <clears throat> is we want our chest out and our butt out. And, and our strength coach, Coach Dixon, does a great job with a lot of his lifts in that same um, alignment, in that same concept, chest out, butt out. A lot of our lifts and a lot of our power training is the same way. We want to teach eyebrows under chin. We want to get low. We want to really keep our head out of our tackle so we throw our chest when we work our tackling. This is something that I really have to work because a lot of our kids are fantastic in the weight room and they're really good deadlifters. But we want to be airplanes instead of deadlifters when we tackle. We don't want to get to the tackle and then stop our feet and just work vertically. We want to work under and then we want to take off like an airplane. So I always have to you know, blow the whistle the first couple of days we do it, whether it's in the spring or the summer or the off season or during the season, and remind them we want to be airplanes low to high, low to high, as opposed to get to the ball and deadlift. And that's something that we have to kind of uh, work on. We always want to accelerate our feet, of course. Um, a lot of our position coaches do a great job of emphasizing high hands and grabbing cloth once we get our elbows in there tight, once we wrap, we want high hands, we want to grab cloth, and we always want to get our head across. I know there's a bunch of ways to do it, but we found the safest way and the best way to tackle is to stress keeping your head out of the tackle and making sure you get your head across on angle tackles. <clears throat> so we always start, we usually start 
with an angle tackle. Here we're two yards apart. Uh, we always go four to the right and four to the left, so everybody gets their right angles, everybody gets their left angles. Now, we do everything on whistles for this. Again, just for sake of time and organization, we don't do a tackling circuit where each coach has a different one uh, for a variety of reasons. Number one is, again, I want to be able to see everything. That's just kind of my own little problem, I, I guess, or, or shortcoming, is I want to be able to see everybody and, and see that it's done uh, correctly. And so in order to do that with all of these all of these players, we want to go on whistles. So the first whistle, the first player out, he's going to buzz his feet. The second whistle, we're going to go 45-degree shuffle. And then the third whistle, we should be wrapping and running our feet because we're airplanes taking off, not deadlifter. We end on the third whistle. We want head across. We want shoulders square. <clears throat> so here you see our lines. I'm usually in the back. I'm blowing the whistle. First whistle, we buzz. Second whistle, offense moves, and we're 45-degree angle tackle this way. And we're just working. We want to make sure, like you see this guy right here, we want to get, if we're going to our right, we want our right foot forward. Now, not vastly forward, but we want our right foot slightly forward. Head across, right foot forward. If I'm going left, I want it just the opposite way. Blow the whistle. So we'll get one whistle, buzz. Second whistle, 45 work 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 until you hear the third whistle so it's all one two three and we can get a lot of reps in in a hurry one one rep two reps three reps four reps so we go everybody goes to the right they rotate through that's why they're in the lines of four and then we go to the left so here's our angle tackle to our left blow the whistle first buzz wrap feet first whistle head across wrap feet run feet get the high hands So we're working angle tackle. This is real close together. <clears throat> Buzz, wrap, high hands. Buzz, wrap, high hands. And we'll do this one just about every single day. A good angle tackle. Get your head out of it. Wrap, shoulder square. Don't turn those shoulders. Different times of the year. Like I said, we'll do this in the summer with no pads on. It's not a lot of contact, and we're all working right to it. These three great examples of it right here. Great knee bend by the by the first guy, 28. Look how he's low in his stance. 23's got the left leg up, which is outstanding right here. Nine is in a good bent position. They both, all three of them do a great job. They're short to the ball right there. They get head across. It's almost like they're in unison. And this is another reason I kind of like setting up the drill like this is because when you film it and you show it the next day in your meeting, you can really show who's putting in the effort, who's doing it correctly. Um, you know, that's something I can't stress enough. If, if you don't film practice and you don't film tackle drills like this, even though you're not going to the ground, uh, I, I don't think it's as good as it could be because there's a lot of times, even one minute in the next day's meeting, I want to show uh, a couple players what they did wrong on film. You can tell them, uh, but we're trying to go so fast with our reps while we're out in the practice field, even on a drill like this, we really want to try to make sure that we film it and show them the next day what they did wrong. But I really like showing things like this where we can get all three guys, look at them wrap with their high hands, they accelerate their feet, look at 23, the guy in the middle, nine, they're all, they're all accelerating their feet on contact. That's three good ones right there. We want to try to keep outside, he's got to try to fight to keep his outside foot up 
So you can see right here in the middle one, we've got left foot outs up, we've got left foot up, we've got left foot up. These three are correct. This one's wrong. That's his left foot and he's crossed over. That means he's going to end up leading right there. You can see this player right here. He's going to end up leading to missed tackles because he's not getting his head across because he's opening up his hips. His left foot is on the ground making his tackle, his head's across, but then now he takes his right foot and crosses over. If you take your right foot and cross over, instead of shuffling into the tackle, then all of a sudden your shoulders are going to turn, and when your shoulders turn, we always tell our kids, as soon as your shoulders turn, then it becomes an arm tackle, and arm tackles get run through. All right, here's an example of our angle tackle in a game. <clears throat> We're in right pick two. We see our corner. Look at him snap his head across at the last second. Look at him get low. He gets his short stride, which we'll talk about in just a second here, the corner, the bottom of the corner. He gets short stride, heads across, runs his feet. Look at him accelerate his feet, and he's tackling as an airplane as opposed to a deadlift. Great example, head across. Beautiful. We're going to take a look at our strong safety, number 43, at the bottom of our screen right here. He's going to see um, keep pass at him, so he's in his curl. The ball's going to be thrown short. He gets his head across, and he's going to run his feet. That's our angle tackle that we work on every day right there. Look at his good wrap. Wrap, feet, head across. Wrap, feet, head across. Good job. <clears throat> now we're looking at the outside linebacker on the bottom of the screen. He's going to slow play the option, and then he's going to work, once the ball's pitched into the boundary, he's now going to work right here. Boom! His right foot is going to be up, his head's across, and he's going to run his feet. That right there is our angle tackle that we do virtually every day. Right there, that's a good example of it. Look at the wrap, the high hands, the feet. Then our next drill we usually do is we work an angle tackle from the top of the numbers. So now we want to get some distance between each other. Again, we're not, we're not smacking into each other. Here we're starting to work the footwork part of our tackle instead of just keeping our shoulders square. So now we start our tackle at the top of the numbers. We're going to go four to the right, then four to the left, three whistles again, where we're going to sprint. So it's a long stride. Our terminology we use is when you're far away from the ball, you're long striding, you're sprinting. When you get near the ball, then you're going to short stride and eat up grass. So it's long stride to short stride. We're going to sprint first. Second whistle, we're going to 45 degree shuffle right or left. Then you're going to make contact and you're going to work your hands and feet until the third whistle. So now, instead of being just three feet apart or one yard apart, now we're at the top of the numbers. So you can see all of our players at the top of the numbers. First whistle, long stride. Second whistle, short stride to an angle tackle, and then you snap your head across. If you all take a look at 45 right here, 45 does a great job with his feet, but at the last second, he's going to turn his shoulders, which is going to lead just to one arm tackle, which is never going to be any good. Watch him. He's got a great long stride. He's angling. He's low. That's an awesome short stride. Short, 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 short. But right there, he doesn't get his head across, and because he doesn't get his head across, now it's just going to be an arm tackle, which we don't want. We want 31 head across like he does. 40's got to get his head across. So it's you're working two different movements here. You're working long to short to an angle tackle. Long, short, angle tackle. Here it is. 
They throw a screen, and we're in two sit at the sticks. It's third and nine. So our corner is sitting at the sticks. He is uh, 12 yards away from the ball. The ball's almost caught in the screen. Watch his long to short stride angle tackle. He's long, he's short, and then he launches head across. Right there, he's far away, and he gets his short stride, he gets underneath, and you can see head across right there. Head across, works his tackle. No yard gain. He was 12 yards away from the ball when it was caught. Then we work a drill from the hash, top of the numbers or the hash, which we literally call long stride to short stride. Um, <clears throat> first whistle, we sprint. Second whistle, we short stride and then we're gonna end in a fit. So now there's no angle tackle. Now we're just working. And we do this one without pads a lot, where we are literally trying to get our kids to understand when you're far away from the ball, you're long. When you get near the ball, you wanna be short, and it also brings your hips down. It lowers your level. Um, so we wanna transition. We wanna get near the ball, carry on a transition. But we also see a lot of kids, when they first start doing it, is whenever you start to say short stride, then they start a pitter-patter in place. And we don't want them to buzz their feet. We want them to keep eating up grass. So as we're short striding, we still want to eat up grass and get closer to the ball carrier. Now, this is a no-contact drill. That's why we do it a lot, as you can see right here, with no pads. So here we're at the top of the numbers. You can also start them at the hash. First whistle is long. Then we get short stride right to the ball carrier. And this... I know a kid understands because we end in a fit position. I know that a kid understands that he is supposed to eat up grass and not just buzz his feet far away from the ball carrier. That's one of the worst things we can do is be long to short to fit. We eat up grass. We want to eat up grass, get closer to the ball carrier. Fast as we can go. Get a rep, get a rep, get a rep. Next one, hustle out and go. So we want to be long to short. It lowers your level. That's a good job. A couple good ones right there. Feet as fast as we can go. Here's a good example. We're playing cover two. The ball is thrown short. Our corner has uh, held himself right here. Now he's going to be long to short. He keeps eating up his grass. Now his head's on the wrong side, but he's got a great wrap and a great leg drive. But what the best part is this. Again, he's 10 yards away from the ball. 10 yards away from the ball. Long to short, to go. Long, to short, to wrap. <clears throat> Open field tackling is with your feet and your shoulders, keeping them square. Now here, take a look at the corner on the top side. We're playing cover three. The joker gets blocked with the east-west passing game screen. Again, we're 11 yards away from the ball right now. Long stride to short stride, working to the ball carrier. That's that drill right there. Long to short to wrap. Long to short to wrap. We get a lot of these on our special teams tackles. <clears throat> So we're, we're working on our L3 player at the top of the screen is going to come around the second wedge, and right there he shortens the stride down to make his open field tackle. 
L3 in the top of the screen. So he works around the second wedge, works to that wedge, and then he's going to shorten the stride to get head across. Long to short. Next we take a long pad drill, uh, which is just um, those lay down dummies that all linebackers, you know, take their steps with and things like that. I've used them for this drill, and I really like this for kind of a variation of open field tackling without a lot of contact. So we'll either go top of numbers or the hash, and we lay the black long pad right here, all right, right in front of the offensive player. Now there's two whistles. The first one is a long stride. The second one is they get into the short stride and they keep eating up grass. Then we tell the offensive player, you get to make one move, and they all get excited because they're all you know, defensive linemen or linebackers or defensive backs. They never get the ball. And we say, you get to make one move. It doesn't matter where, what move you want to make, but you have to end up on the edge of the long pad inside or outside. Now, I'm usually standing behind the defense right here, and I'll say, make your move, but make sure you end up going this way just first, you know, so we don't turn an ankle or run into each other on, on that way. But the idea here is, when we're in the open field, we always want to be what we call butt side. We never want to give up cutbacks. So uh, let me give you an example here. <clears throat> so we take those long pads right there, and we lay those down just inside the boundary, all right, just inside the big white line. And we're going to go from the top of the numbers. First whistle is they long stride. Second whistle, they short stride. Now the offense makes a move when they start to short stride. So you can see the offense is going to make a move. I've pointed for the offense all to go in one direction. And the offense has to make a move, but they have to make a move toward the edge of the bags. And I like this as opposed to just telling them to make a move and work on open field tackling because it gives the offensive guy a, a reference point, a, a framework to make his move, and he's going to end up uh, in, in a two-yard box on this side of the two-yard box or on this side of the two-yard box. And it just works well for us because it gives our kids a visual to work our short stride into, and the offense has to make a move in that two-yard box, and then we get our head across. So we make our tackle. Take a look at 38 right here. <clears throat> this one. He's going to work his short stride, or he's going to go long, long. Now he's going to go short. And then now he's got to read the open field. He doesn't know which way the ball carrier is going to go. When the ball carrier goes that way, it's a fine line. He wants his body in momentum. He wants everything inside of that ball carrier because we don't want to give up cutback. You're always going to be an inside-out, butt-side player. On every play on defense, we have two post-setters. And then everybody else is an inside-out, butt-side player to take away cutback. So 38 has a tough job right here. He's got to be able to tackle in space. If he ends up going to his left, which he does, he's got to keep his body weight inside, but also put his head across the tackle. That's a tough thing to do, but we really try to practice it. You can see the rest of the guys doing about the same thing right there. They want to stay nine, does a good job. Right here in the white pants, he does a really good job of staying inside the ball, and at the last second, he throws his head across to make his tackle. 23, the one on the far left, he does a good job. Long to short, snap the head across. <clears throat> so it's a lot of times when I say we do tackle drills every day, people kind of give me a weird look like, man, doesn't that take its toll on kids? We're, we're, not, we're not having a heavy toll hitting or contact-wise. 
our number one goal is to not get anyone hurt in practice, of course. But we are going hard with our feet. We want the footwork to be as hard as possible. <clears throat> so it's long to short, and then the offense can go either direction. The offense can go either direction. They can go right or left. And so now we have to work on our open field. I try to stand back there and point and tell the offense which way to make their move to. <clears throat> make your move. So it's long stride, short stride. they got to make their move. 30 does a great job right here on the 20-yard line. 30's long, 30's short. And then 30 does a good job of not committing. He eats up grass, but he doesn't commit until the ball carrier commits. So much of our open field tackles that are missed is because we commit too soon and we overextend. Great job by 30. <clears throat> Three good examples right here, all on the left. Long to short, head across. Three great examples. We get high hands and we try to go and we drive our feet until the third whistle. So there should be three whistles with this, long to short, finish the tackle, go to the third whistle. <clears throat> now, if, if we just had a heavy leg lift, because usually this is towards the beginning of practice, so if we just did heavy squats that day, we'll try to shorten the distance they're running and try to save their legs that way. If it was an upper body lift day before practice, then we usually back them up to the hash so you know their legs should be a little bit more fresh, and then they really have to sprint long stride and then sit down to short stride on a long pad. Today that we filmed um, just happened to be a heavy leg day. So here we want the offense to make a move, and they've got to be tight to the edge of the long pad. It just gives them a reference point of where they got to make this move to. 38 on the left side, this is bad. We're trying to avoid him dipping right there. He dips his shoulders. You can see the guy on the far left, right there. We commit, head and shoulders go down, and that's where we're going to miss tackles. And as a result, he gets his head on the inside. That's just going to be an arm tackle. We're going to miss that in the game, without a doubt. The one inside of him, 33, does a great job of sitting down. Look at him. Look at his feet. That's beautiful. Pop, 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 pop. Eat up grass. And then at the last second, he sees where the ball's going. He gets his head across. That's a good open field tackle right there. The two end guys, their hips do an awesome job of sinking. 49 on the right, he's long to short, and then his hips, his level is lowered. That's beautiful. And then he snaps his head across at the last second. That's perfect. 21 on the left, look at him get low as he goes long to short. He strides into the tackle, and then he gets his head across, and he accelerated his feet. Very good example right there. Good, good, good. All right, here's a good example. Here we're going to get a reverse of the ball. We're in left three, so we're looking at the strong safety up here at the top of the field. We're going to get a reverse back at him, so it's, it, it's a long distance. So we're going to see a long to a short stride open field tackle. This is a tough thing to do in football. Long to short, and he eats them up in the open field. That is not easy. <clears throat> takes one heck of a player, and it takes a lot of practice of tackling and footwork to do it right. See how he's long, 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 short, short, short. And then once the running back commits, right here, once that running back commits, now he's an inside-out pursuit tackler. I think that's an, a big thing is very rarely are we ever going to be a head-up tackler where the ball carrier can go either way. So we want to be let that ball carrier commit, and then we tackle inside out in the open field. Long to short, head across, good wrap. 
That's tough to do. Then we take the long pad and we add something to it. We add an angle tackle with it. So now all we do is we take our tacklers and we say move five yards to your left. So this man is going to go from the hash. He's going to go long stride. The next whistle, he now starts to short stride at an angle. So this is on kickoff. This is on punt team. This is on, you know, anytime. Sometimes plays go crazy in football. You're either an outside or an inside. you got to work angles. So we really try to work not only straight at a 45, but also moving at different angles. So I'm straight, I'm 45, and now I'm an inside-out player. I'm not the post setter. I'm not the outside player. We have to have an open field tackle where you are the inside leg player. So this ball carrier right here, the most important thing, I'm coming from the inside, the most important thing is we don't let him get back inside of us. If he wants to commit once we try to open field tackle to the outside, then we just stay, get our head across, and run our feet. But this is the most important. We can't give up cutback, even in the open field. Good example right here with number nine. He's on the 10-yard line. <clears throat> he longs, and then he's at a 45-degree angle, all right? So here's what he's got. He's tackling on this guy right here. This is the dude he's tackling. So he's going to go 45 now to a short stride, and now he's an inside-out player. So this is like most plays in football where the ball is outside of you. We're pursuing inside-out, but it's an open field tackle as well. So he's short striding into the long pad, and we had better not let him cut back inside of us. If he cuts anywhere, make him cut outside, and then we can just snap our head across. Watch. So he shortens the stride. He's at an angle, and I believe this is a cutback. Look at the cutback happen. His sternum is behind the ball carrier, and there's no cutback available to him. So we're inside of the ball. On 99% of plays in football, doesn't matter if it's special teams or defense, you find yourself inside of the ball carrier or outside of the ball carrier. Don't mess it up. If you're outside, stay outside. If you're inside, stay inside. We miss tackles and we give up big gains when the inside player misses outside or the outside player misses inside. So we have to practice it. Nine does a good job. He's inside. Now we give the offensive player, he can go outside or inside. He can go right or left. I try to point a direction just to make sure that everybody goes in the same direction, we don't run into each other. But we stay inside of it, and so now we have an open field tackle wrap to the inside. So we're straight ahead, we're angled, now we work to our short, or excuse me, to our long pad. So we're long stride, short stride, into the long pad, snap our head across on the open field. Great example, far left. Long, short, on an angle, Stay inside, that's beautiful. Look at him, stay inside, butt side, right there. If this back cuts inside, there's no chance of him coming back. He's inside of him, he's square, but at the last second, when this ball carrier goes back to the outside, he doesn't cross his feet. Now he simply just works his, his, his outside foot or his right foot up. He gets his high wrap, and he ends up working his feet. That is beautiful. He stays inside the ball carrier right here, and at the last second, when the ball carrier cuts to the outside, that's when he will work his head to the outside. 19 does about as good of a job as well. The next player right here, 19, does a great job. He's Remember, we tell them you're inside the ball carrier. 
So 19's there. He's inside. Stay inside. Stay inside. Don't go for that outside fake. We have to protect against the cutback at all times. 33 does a good job here. Long to angle to short. No cutback given up. You're inside of him. Stay inside. Stay inside. Shoulders are square. His wrap is high. His hands are high. No cutbacks. No cutbacks. The man next to him, 45, gives up a cutback. This player right here. He's got the angle. He's got that. He overextends, and he gives up the cutback right there. We don't want to give up cutback. If you're an inside tackler, stay inside. 55 on the left. Look how calm his feet are. He's got the angle. He's short stride to the ball. He's staying inside of it right there. Good, good, good. Great butt side angle by nine. Nine's now working to his left. We worked this right and left. Now, if you're working to the left, you stay inside. So now you want him to go back to the outside. Stay inside, stay inside, stay inside. Very good. He works his wrap. So we're straight. Now we work an angle, and there's your inside tackle angle. And I think it's important that you tell kids that you have to understand, all right, this drill is designed to work butt side technique. Now you're inside the ball carrier. Don't let him go back inside. If you miss, you better miss inside. 21 does a good job right there. Look at his short stride. He gets his hips down, lowers his level, and he stays inside. He's got a good wrap. <clears throat> here we get mesh, and the ball's thrown short on the crosser. Right here. So now we see the field outside linebacker. <clears throat> this is going to be long to short at an angle. So we're looking at this player right here. He sees the ball thrown short. He's back in his drop and cover two. He gets long. He gets short and choppy. And then he makes his open field tackle. His feet underneath him. Look at the long stride. Look at the short stride. And he wraps him up. Doesn't miss the tackle. That's good. Long to short to wrap. Perfect footwork right here. Long. And then he gets his look at him. Regather his footwork. Regather his shuffle right there. Oh, it's awesome. Long stride, and then he gets back to a short stride. Now he's square again, and he can make his wrap. Takes a, takes a good athlete, but, but it has to be practiced as well. Here we get another kickoff. We go around both wedges. This player right here, L3, he ends up getting his short stride right to the ball carrier. Next one we do, and we don't do this one every day, but we do it every so often. We just call it spin out. We just do it real quickly. We get in there tight, and we start in a fit position. So the <clears throat> uh, they're, they're already starting. So the defense is already starting in his fit tackle position. His eyebrows are under his chin. And on the first whistle, on the first whistle, we buzz. Defensive man buzzes his feet. On the second whistle, the offensive man tries to spin out of the tackle. On the third whistle, it ends. So it's a little bit of a competition to see, can you keep the man that you have wrapped up from spinning out? And it's important to, to work, your, work your feet. Watch the middle guy that I have. He's incorrect because his feet stop. See how his feet are stuck right there, and all of a sudden he just turns his torso? That's not what we're trying to do in the drill. What we're trying to do in the drill are the two outside players I have highlighted. Both of them keep their shoulders square because they are pounding their feet and they had their feet moving. Look at the man down here on the bottom left. 
His shoulders are barely turning when the player tries to spin out because his feet are hot and he's driving towards the ball carrier. The guy who does it incorrectly here, his feet are stuck in the ground. He's just wrestling. They can do that after practice. Drive in. So the feet, it's all about feet. Don't let them spin out with your feet. 92 does a decent job with his feet right here. 31, I don't think, does a great job with his feet. But we, we, want it, we want that offensive player to try to spin out of that tackle so we have high hands, we're grabbing cloth, but our footwork has to be great at driving our feet and keeping them going. <clears throat> then we work a sideline tackle where we create an angle. So we have four players here. Let's say we're going to go to our left. So the first whistle, we create the angle by going forward with our long stride. On the second whistle, we tell this ball carrier, your sideline is the next white line. So he's going to go up the sideline and turn up. We create an angle by going forward, and then we work our short stride to now work into the sideline. We don't want this to be a 45-degree tackle, all right? What we don't want is now when you're five yards inside of the sideline and all of a sudden he's working here to the sideline, you don't want to meet him there because if you meet him there, the cutback can happen. You want to get vertical, create your angle, and then you work to him. So I think we're going to the defensive right here. The first whistle, we're going to go forward. The two on the left are correct. The one on the right is incorrect. <clears throat> Take a look at 19. He's one of the correct ones. 19 is vertical. He's creating his angle. The ball carrier, now remember, the next five-yard line. So this, this player right here, his out of bounds is this one. He's only got this five yards to get up to the sideline and turn forward. So 19 does a great job right here of creating an angle and then saying there's no way you can cut back. Look at him wait for the ball. He's waiting for the ball saying, I'm not going to meet you there. I'm not going to go ahead and cheat to the outside. I'm going to stay inside because when I'm near the sideline, I can turn my shoulders and run him out of bounds. I want to make sure absolutely certain if you have a man pinned on the sideline, you keep him on the sideline. So he stays inside, he stays inside, he throws his head across and he runs him right out of bounds. Another good example is nine on the top, on, on the left side of your screen. Long stride, look at him stay inside, and then at the last second, look at him shorten it up again, right there. That ball carrier could cut back, so he shortens the stride again, just to make sure that he doesn't launch himself past and the ball can cut back. That's outstanding. Take a look at their incorrect one now. This is the far right. He guesses, and he's going to meet. He doesn't understand the idea of this drill. It's my fault. I didn't explain it well enough to him, obviously. This player right here, 98, sees the ball carrier going to the sideline. First of all, footwork's wrong. He's going to cross over with his left foot. And then as a result, he's going to meet him where he is, and he gives up the cutback. That's the worst thing we can do. You have to create your angle like 19 and 9 do right here and stay inside and use the sideline to your advantage. And this is, this is a fast way in our lines of four that we can just say, hey, sideline drill, the next five-yard marker, that's your out-of-bounds. 38 does a real good job right here. 
38, who's on the 20-yard line. He stays inside, creates the angle, creates the angle. Turn your shoulders, run your feet. <clears throat> create your angles, run your feet. 19, good job. So we're using it just to run him out of bounds. 45 does a good job. The guy on the 15-yard line. He stays inside. That's good right here. This guy's good. Good idea, good concept. Stay inside of it, stay inside of it, and then work your head across. <clears throat> then we take two lines of four, and we create a group of eight, and we take this group of eight, and we actually put them on the sideline to work on sideline tackle. Um, I finally was so tired of having to explain, making kids visualize uh, when we were on this drill, it became tough for a lot of kids to visualize that that's the actual sideline because they don't actually see it. So we also add in this drill where we say, okay, the first two lines you go together, the next two lines go together, and so on for time's sake. And they're actually going to turn like so. <clears throat> this is the ball carrier line. He's going to be on the bottom of the numbers. The tackler line is going to be on the top of the numbers. <clears throat> We're going to toss the ball here to give them a visual. And so now they have this five yards or so to work your angle tackle to your sideline. So again, this is your tackler, this is your ball carrier. And we toss, and in that way we give them a visual of saying, okay, under no circumstances, if your man is pinned to the sideline, do they cut back? Eat up grass and work to him. You can turn your shoulders on your sideline tackle to make sure that the ball goes out of bounds. And again, we're trying to do this even without pads just to make sure we get the idea of not for heavy contact, but the footwork. You can see a lot of our kids right here, they got pretty good footwork of long to short and then knowing where their help is. But once the ball's on the sideline, keep it there and run them out of bounds. Don't allow cutbacks on sideline drill. <clears throat> Sprint out passing. Strong safety sees the ball thrown short. <clears throat> and he's going to keep him there. The ball carrier is pinned to the sideline right now. Ball carrier here, pinned to the sideline, shorten the stride, don't allow the cutback, keep him there, run your feet, wait for your partners. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Strong safety here is inside of the ball, but once the ball's pinned to the sideline, don't let him back in. <clears throat> this is an incorrect example. Ball's thrown short. There's our linebacker. Everything's ready-made. Don't let him cut back. It's okay that your shoulders are turned on this one, but he never regains the short stride. Watch this linebacker. Long, 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 long. He never gets to a short angle. He never gets to a short stride. That was his issue right here. He overstrides it, and as a result, he overruns the ball, and the ball can now get cut back. <clears throat> Luckily, we've got two other players sprinting to the ball. We have a corner who fits outside. We have another linebacker who fits inside, and it's a two-on-one tackle. <clears throat> same player, same game. Incorrect again. Look at the top side. We're playing cover three. Ball's thrown out there short. He's on the sideline. He's on the sideline. Slow yourself down, shorten the stride, get your hips low, <clears throat> and work him to the sideline. He doesn't get his head across. You see right here? He keeps his head inside. He's got to stay inside but get his head across. 
So it's not just the arm tackle. <clears throat> this is a no contact drill. This is a long to short two on two drill, we call it. So again, just to keep our lines, we'll say first two men out, they go to the hash. Second two, you stay on the sideline. Two whistles, both lines are running at each other. The first whistle, they sprint. Then the second whistle, they're going to short stride angle either to the right or to the left. Defense is going to eat up grass. This is going to be very light contact. We're running at each other, all right? So we've got these two players against these two players. <clears throat> Only one, of course, is going to go at a time or two at a time. So we're going to sprint on the first whistle, sprint on the first whistle, and then we're going to work a 45-degree angle into each other. Watch 38 middle. Long. On the whistle, he's going to shorten his stride, sink his hips, and make his angle tackle with very little contact. He's just working on long, angle to short. Head across, head across, head across. Great job. <clears throat> head across. Watch 31. Long to short. He does not get his head across perfectly. He's got to try to snap it across right there, but he's getting the idea. <clears throat> he doesn't cross his feet over. That's good. Watch 4 and 19. Both do a good job here. We're long to short. Boom. To our angle tackle. Long to short to angle. Incorrect. I think this one's incorrect. Nah, it was not bad. He does a pretty good job. This is a defensive end force. Does a pretty good job of his left foot forward as well. <clears throat> good example right here. Now, we're in cover two. We've got option. Our corner goes inside of his landmark, so he's inside the hash, and he gets pinned down too far. But I want you to watch the strong safety at the top of the field. He's playing cover two. Then the ball's pitched. He is, what, 5, 10, 15. He's almost 20 yards away from the ball. So he's going to go long, 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 and then he shortens it down, gets his head across, and it is a beautiful open field tackle. And there might be nothing more beautiful in this world than an open field tackle. Long, short, head across, ball carrier down. He used his angle. <clears throat> Screenplay. So now we're attacking. We're 15 yards away. This is our strong safety again. Long. To short to angle. Heads on the outside, shorten a stride, get your chest across. <clears throat> then we do a series, these are my favorite, we do a series of two-on-one open field tackles. We can start our players, and this is when we go in, in one big group or two big groups. <clears throat> and we take, we can start at the bottom of the numbers. Sometimes if we want to take it easy on their legs, we'll even start halfway between the bottom of the numbers and the hash. Sometimes we'll even go from the hash. But these two are the tackle lines, and this one's the ball carrier line. I'll stand right here. <clears throat> I'll say go. They're long striding. And then I'm going to throw the ball here, and he catches it on the run, and he makes a move. Or I'm going to throw the ball here, and he catches the ball on the move and makes a move. Or I'm going to throw the ball high in the middle. I'm going to throw the ball high in the middle. He can make his move here. The idea here is you're a right player or a left player. It's special teams drill. It's a regular defensive drill. You're on the right or you're on the left. Use that to your advantage. Use your partner. Use your partner. We also want to make sure 
that we get shoulder to shoulder on perfect tackles, that we don't turn our shoulders and end up going face to face as tacklers. We want to work together as tacklers on two on one drill, get hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, never turn, never facing each other. And then this is when we get our chop drill, our punch drill, our rip drill. <clears throat> I've tried a million of them. And I've never really liked any simulation drill that I've really ever found. It, it's too artificial to me. So we use this drill that if you are not, if you're the second man, and let's say the ball goes over this way, and I've thrown the ball over here, and so this man has to stay outside. He makes his open field wrap-up tackle here, and you're far away. If you're not involved in the tackle and you're the second man, that's when you can chop, punch, or rip. If you're involved in the tackle, then you got to make your tackle first. And I, I think that's a pretty realistic venture that we can explain to our kids. If the ball carrier is already wrapped up, that's when you punch, chop, and rip. If you're involved in the tackle, you got to wrap them up. <clears throat> so here we did this with no pads. We got a left tackler line, a right tackler line. We tossed the ball right there. What I like about this one right here <clears throat> is he's going to go long stride. He sees the ball coming to him, and then he shortens his stride, and he hops to the outside. A lot of kids can do that. But then what happens when the ball carrier cuts back? He shuffles back with his chest and shoulders square. A lot of kids will hop to the outside and then turn, and it just becomes an arm tackle. We really have to stress the opposite. We have to stress and make sure that that player right there keeps his outside leg up. He needs to keep leverage, stay on his outside, but then when the ball carrier goes inside, he shuffles back into it. So now, watch the player away from it. He does a good job. The ball's away from you. Keep long, long stride, only short stride when you get near the ball, and they both end up making this tackle with their shoulders square. There's no opportunity for the running back to split them. <clears throat> now, of course, the defensive players, they don't know which way the ball is going. So they have to be prepared to be the backside player or the frontside player. This time the ball is tossed wide. And we're just trying to get to this spot right there where both players are square, hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder in their wrap-up phase. Player on the right does a decent job right at that last second. We don't want them to turn because then it becomes a splitting situation where they try to split the two tacklers. We don't want an arm tackle. We want two guys. Here it is in pads. This is good and bad. <clears throat> What's really good about it is 19 keeps his head to the outside. That's outstanding, right? If you're the left player, don't go for that inside fake. You've got to stay to his outside. At the very worst, 19 has to tackle his outside leg if he misses the tackle, he's got to push it back into 27. But what I don't like is 27. Right here, 27 gets a little lazy, and he doesn't take a shuffle step. He turns, and now it's a split situation. That, that tackler, or that ball carrier is only tackled by that one arm. That's no good. We don't want to turn. We want to keep hip to hip and shoulder square on a two-on-one situation. So how, how we set up the drill. I'm here. The ball, the tacklers are going. This time we just do it from a short distance. We can do it from as far away as the hash, and we'll show you that in just a second here. But we want the ball thrown high enough that it takes some time for the tacklers to get down there and let that offensive man make a move. We tell that offensive man, make a move. Trust me, we explain this every time we go over. We say it's not a hitting drill. You are not taking anyone to the ground. You are not hitting hard. 
offensive man's going to make a move, and then he's going to take it easy. Make a move, and then the, off, the two defensive players are going to get in the right position. They're not going to sling down. They're not going to do anything silly like that, but they just need to get to the right spot. If you're the second man by a great distance, you should be chopping, punching, or ripping. So the ball's up. <clears throat> now, the player on the right does a decent job with his feet, but his right hand stays inside, so he really doesn't get in good tackle position. The ball carrier is going to try to get to the outside. We've got to force that right hand, the outside hand on the outside. What I like about this example is our left player, the one away from it, he realizes the ball carrier is wrapped up, and he gets his punch, club, and rip at the ball here. So the ball's going right. You see 33 right there? His right hand is on the sternum. That's not a tackle. His right hand, his footwork's okay. His right hand's got to get all the way around. Watch it again. 33's got to get, he, he does a fine job. Look at him. Shorten the stride down, stayed to the outside, but the hand placement's wrong. What's really good is 21 on the left. The ball carrier tries to get outside, so he knows now I'm not involved in the tackle. I'm far away, so he's going to chop, punch, and rip at it. Look at him coming from behind. That's the only thing he cares about now, chop, punch, and rip. Here's an example of a chop, punch, and rip. Strong safety on the top of the screen. Doesn't play the curl very well. He jumps the out. The curl's completed behind him. The ball right there is tackled. <clears throat> then we're going to rip, rip it out. We force a, a turnover right there. So we don't necessarily do a lot of those turnover drills of clubbing, punching, and ripping, but we get it in this tackling drill right here that we do just about every day. You can see 99. 99 is a backup nose tackle, so we put even our defensive linemen out here to work on this open field stuff. At the last second, we don't want that. We don't want 99's helmet inside. We want outside. He's a right side player. Push him back to your partner, but he does a decent job of keeping shoulders square and running his feet. 55 does an awesome job of sitting on this outside move. He's out here. He does not go for the inside move. He knows he's a right side player. He keeps his head to the outside. And now 45, he's going to be the rip guy. There you go. So he's far away from the tackle. 45's coming in from the left. He's not involved in the first tackle. He's going to be the rip. Stay left. Oh, look what we do here. We screw this up. They're in great spot right here. But now this player has to shuffle back one more step. You've got to shuffle back one more step. Instead, they turn like this, and they go face-to-face, -face and the back can split them. We stress hip-to-hip -hip and shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. That's how you two-on-two -two tackle. You can go two-on-one from the hash. We'll do that quite a bit. It's the same drill, but now they're just taking longer strides. You got to throw the ball up a little bit higher, give them some time to get down there. Then they have to really work. This is a great special teams drill as well that you really have to change your angles. Oh, okay, the ball carrier is moving. I'll change my angle. Look at both of them, both these tacklers. They're moving as they're running down the field. They're changing and they're moving towards the ball carrier. The left player stays on the left. The right player shuffles and they keep hip to hip and, sh and uh, uh, shoulder to shoulder. Very good job. Because we have defensive players, man, we drop a lot of these footballs. And as a result, we always say, if you drop the ball, pretend you caught it. That way we don't waste a rep, just like they did right there. <clears throat> All right, here's a two-on-one example. 
First player misses the tackle. Second player misses the tackle. Third player misses the tackle. <clears throat> but I want you to watch this right here. At the end of it, after all the chaos, after all the scrambling, at this point, we have two. We have an inside linebacker and a strong safety. There's our ball carrier. After all the chaos of the quarterback breaking contain, getting inside the pocket to scramble, he's a right-side tackler. He's a left-side tackler. Let's watch footwork. They long. They short. They're two-on-one. Two they get hip-to-hip. Hip. 43 keeps his head to the right. 34 keeps his head to the inside, and we end up making our tackle. <clears throat> Here's our two-on-one. We miss a couple tackles right here, but at the end of the day, we have an inside player on kickoff and an outside player on kickoff and both of them end up shuffling back in. So they don't turn shoulders, but they shuffle back in to get to that point where their shoulders are their shoulder to shoulder and they're hip to hip, watch. Boom, and now they're, they're even though the ball carrier on the kick starts one way, we miss a tackle, he cuts all the way back, at some point in time, you're gonna be an inside or an outside player on a, on a play. If you're inside, you stay inside. If you're outside, you stay outside but you don't turn your shoulders. <clears throat> now, again, just to try to give them a better visual, sometimes we do two-on-ones where we actually put them uh, on landmarks on the field. So we'll even like this right here, we'll put the ball carriers on the hash. We got one tackler line on the numbers, one tackler lined on midfield. That way, if the ball gets way out here, he can use his sideline determination to figure out where he should be fitting. So we, we try to vary it up so we give him as realistic a shot as possible. <clears throat> he shortens the stride. Now, I wish he would keep eating up grass, but we also don't have pads on, so I understand why he wouldn't want to do that. What I like about both tacklers is they get to a short stride, and then they are hip-to-hip -hip and shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. There's no splitting those two. That's really good. We'll work to the boundary into the field off of this. <clears throat> Get his head across, get his head across, but we get the idea. Then we'll add an apex player, and we'll go three-on-one in the open field. And so now we'll have that middle player who's inside, like the long pad drill, you're inside, and you're going to be the inside-out tackler. This is when we really get a lot of the club punch and strip, because once the first two have the tackle, the third man is going to be the one trying to force the fumble. <clears throat> we also, you know... Uh, try to add something else where we had one coach here on this line. He would try to give an open field block to that player. We had a coach over here. So they had to avoid a block and then get back in the lanes. So they're avoiding a block, getting back in the lanes, and they're converging. So now we have three tacklers there. There's our one. There's our two. There's our three. And now we got to keep, we want to try to get hip to hip and shoulder to shoulder like that. Awesome. This player right here on our left does a great job of shuffling into it with, so these two have it. Now this one should be in there punching, clubbing, and ripping. He does a decent job of that. Look at us get our short stride into the ball. Short stride, short stride, short stride, short stride. Those two have it. Third one has to sprint there and try to get the club punch and the rip. 
Great angle by the player on our left. Look at this one. He sees the ball. In fact, he doesn't even see the ball. He's reading the player. And the player, the ball carrier, is taking him wide, so he adjusts in his path to stay outside of the ball. That's outstanding. He's contained the ball. He's forced it back in, and then he can shuffle back into his tackle. The inside apex player, he should be inside out. Next one should be clubbing, punching, ripping. Great, great, great one right here. Look, let's look at this play right here. This is great. <clears throat> he gets inside of the block, then he works his head back to the outside, and then he doesn't go for the inside fake. He knows he's got to sit on the outside leg, and he does that perfectly. So they get down there, they stay square, don't go for the inside fake, know your leverage. Know if you're an inside or an outside player. Good angle. Again, we're defensive players, so we're going to drop some of the balls. If you drop it, play on. He changes his path. He stays to the outside. Second man works to it. Oh, great job by the apex player. Look at the middle apex player. Right now, his shoulders are turned, but he fights right there to get them square again. So they're hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder. That's how you don't miss open field tackles. This is incorrect. We're incorrect because we've already crossed over. We've taken our outside foot and we've crossed over our left. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. Then when he gets back to the outside of us, we lose our head placement to the outside. So the incorrect footwork of him crossing over with his outside foot over his inside foot, sure enough, when the ball carrier cuts to the outside, you can't take your outside leg and get head across. <clears throat> so it's a, it's a great drill for kids to visualize and understand where they fit with other people. Now, on one hand, you could say this is great. On the other hand, you could say this is no good because the player on the bottom, on the numbers, he doesn't continue to eat up grass. Once he stops at the 20, he stops on the 20. We always keep eating up grass to the ball carrier. Right there, he kind of stops too much, eat up grass, eat up grass. Even though those three are cupping the ball perfectly, keep eating up grass. Three on one tackle example. Ball's thrown short. So now we have linebacker, linebacker, and corner coming to it. <clears throat> we converge the ball. We're three on one, and we all get square to it. Here it is. Right there, we get square to the ball. There's our apex player in the middle. <clears throat> right there. He's outside, he's inside, and we fit appropriately. <clears throat> now, we're going to miss a few tackles over here, but I want you to watch the will linebacker. The will linebacker is going to have the right idea of where he fits inside out. So even though he makes a few people miss, when he cuts back in, this is a great long stride to short stride example. He long and then he gets short, and then the cutback hits right to him. A lot of times, a lot of kids will work back this way when they're working this pursuit angle. He ends up staying inside out because he knows someone else is responsible for the outside. He longs to short, and he ends up making his good form tackle. <clears throat> now here we got a screen. Screen works. Now we have three linebackers, all eight, all fitting together. We have a left player, a right player, and an apex player, just like our drill dictates to us. 
They do, they do an awesome job right there. They all shorten the stride down. 34, the apex player, doesn't overrun it. He stays inside. 23 almost overruns it. He gives the spin back a little bit right there, but he's got the right idea of staying inside out. Great job of the strong safety right there of staying outside in. Know your leverage. Know your leverage. I don't think kids naturally understand that concept. Oh, this is incorrect. Now the ball's outside of us. These two linebackers, the ball's thrown outside of us. Shorten the stride and stay inside the ball. They both overrun it. Look at this. <clears throat> the first linebacker nearest to the ball overruns it because he's, he's crossing over his feet. 23, he's in a good alignment right here, but he has to realize it's now it's two-on-one drill. He's outside, I'm inside. At the last second, he goes too far across. He doesn't keep his inside leverage and the ball's cut back, cut back inside of them. Not good. We do work a gator roll tackle, where a lot of times we'll take, again, those long pads right here, and uh, we'll say, ball carriers, you're going to grab the long pad in your left hand. It's got a strap on the top of it. And the first whistle for the defense is a long stride. The second whistle, the offensive players run as fast as they can at this angle, and they drag the pad behind them like it's a ball carrier who we can't do a perfect form-up on. So when the ball carrier is too far away for us to get a form tackle on, now we drive our head across, whichever knee we can get to, and we are going to head across and we're going to roll backwards to bring legs together. So Nine has a great example. He's long. All those offensive players are dragging the long pad as fast as they can. That way we're not tackling each other and clipping up each other's ankles and knees. We're dragging the long pad. Watch nine right here. He does an awesome job of head placement. Head placement is low across knees, and then he's going to roll this way to bring everything back together. Just like that roll right there. That's awesome. Good example right here. Now we're rolling the other way. <clears throat> First whistle they go, second whistle. All those offensive guys are long padding. They're sprinting and dragging the long pad behind. So we have something when the ball, when the running back is far, far enough away, then we have to go ahead and gator roll it. This is our starting nose tackle for the last two years, 95. So we'll even put the big guys in it. So he's working his head across and he's working his gator roll with it. Awesome job trying to get ahead across. <clears throat> Got the idea there. Here's a good example. Strong safety. We're in cover three. He gets beat to the inside. Then at the last second, he throws his head across and works his roll. Right there. Head across, front knee. That's the knee he can get to. And then he's going to work his roll behind. Gator roll. The ball's going to end up to our right off a kickoff. And we're going to end up coming from all the way on L3, all the way across the field, right here. This player, he's going to work all the way across, and he's going to get his head across, and then he's going to work his roll. So there are times in the game where you can't have a perfect form up, and you've got to work your roll technique, gator roll. <clears throat> Ball's going to go to our right this time.
We're going to look at 28 in the middle of our screen right here. 28 comes across. He can't get a perfect form up, so he doesn't break stride. And now he's got to try to get his knee or his head across the front knee or the back knee and then roll with your momentum. Roll with your momentum. <clears throat> so similarly to our tackling drills where we have kind of a, a progression and a formula and an organization to it, we try to do the same thing with our pass rush drills. So when we say pass rush drills, um, all, of our, all of our linebackers will go through this and all of our defensive linemen will go through this, and they set it up very much the same way as our tackle drills. You can see right there the, the green arrows. We have Now we put five players in a line, really, because we have three waiting. We have one man who has a long black pad that he's going to use as a blocking shield, and then we also take one of our extra guys in line as a quarterback um, I found that if you give if you give the players an aiming point of where the quarterback is going to be, then that makes more sense to them as they go through their pass rush moves. So the red cones are the quarterback. So as this man works his pass rush move, that's his quarterback that he's working to and stripping off of. And you know, so so they're offset at an, at the correct distance. So they're all working here, and then they just rotate on through. <clears throat> So here's your setup. This line right here, they got one blocker with a long pad. This is the line working their pass rush move, and that's the quarterback that they're going off of. And we always try to give them a right-handed quarterback, so they're always working on the strip when they make their pass rush move. Our first pass rush move that we always do first, anytime we're ever doing a pass rush uh, drill, is we tell them just to throw three moves. And... <laughs> I saw a video one time of a, of a player from Iowa. They were playing Penn State, and I saw an edge rusher for Iowa, and he threw an arm under move, and it didn't work the first two times as he was working his edge move, and he threw it three times as hard and as fast and as furiously as he could with an inside shoulder lean. And I remember taking a video of that on my phone um, and bringing it in uh, – the, the very next um, Monday meeting to our kids. And I was like, we, we can't just be happy with throwing one pass rush move and then, you know, resorting to something else. Let's work on throwing three. So this has helped, I, I, and it also gets us more reps. Instead of just working one move, we throw three on the drill. Um, so I, I, I think it helps us. So we say, okay, we're all left side edge rushers. All right, we're all left side edge rushers. We say the man with the pad, you're the offensive tackle. You're going to shove that pad at him three times. One, two, three. When the pad comes to you, we're going to club with the outside hand, and we're going to go arm under or arm over with our inside hand, but we're going to do it three times. So it's one, two, three. And then we get that shoulder lean, we get a strip. One, two, three. Going the same way? Throw the we, we want that offensive tackle to throw the bag three times. Those are simulating the hands of the offensive tackle. One, two, three. Now, he, he decided to go arm over after the club with the outside hand. Club with the outside, then he's going arm over with the inside. Club, arm, arm, boom. Club, arm over. Club, arm over. But we throw it three times to kind of teach the tenacity with it, but also you get more reps as we go through it this way. He also does a good job with his inside lean. We always want that shoulder lean. And this is where I think it really helps to have a quarterback landmark because so many times when I used to do a drill like this, 
one, one guy rushing a passer would end up 12 yards deep. One would end up five yards deep. And they really had no visual of where to go. So we always want that quarterback five to six yards, and we want to give the quarterback an, an arm up. So we're always visualizing. Even if we're not stripping a ball, we're visualizing where the chop is going to be. Right there, boom, you can see. And we want to finish with that chop. Right there, bang. Now we're going the other way. So now we're right edge rushers. We throw it three times. One, two, three, lean. Strip on a ball. One, two, three, lean and strip. We don't get a very good strip by the guy on the left. Going the other way. One, two, three. So we throw it three times as fast as we can. Here's an example of it. <clears throat> this is in practice. One, two. Now this time he only throws two, but the first one didn't work, and he continues to keep throwing it. He's got a great edge lean. His inside shoulder is down. Punch, punch, punch. We're clubbing with our outside hand, and we're arm under with our inside hand. But he throws it twice in a row, and I was really happy about that, that there's a translation from the drill to practice and to games. Throw it, throw it, throw it. We're throwing three moves. Here's our player on the inside now. Now that time it only takes the one, but we get the arm over chop. We chop hands, we chop elbow, and we get inside hand under. Bang. Pretty good move. <clears throat> we get a pretty good move with our left end right here. He's going to get a face read by the guard. And as a result, he's going to go left hand, club on elbow, right hand, arm over, and he works his lane. We also get our right end on our left call, who's trying to throw three moves as well. One, two, three. It doesn't really work, but he continues to run his circle. <clears throat> All right, here's an example. Our right end, he's going to work a move on the guard. Club arm over. So we're trying to attack the outside elbow of the protector. Club it, arm over, we're through. We didn't get a sack, but we got an incompletion there. Club, arm over. Club, arm under. Those are the ones we work in our three-move progression. Outside edge rusher, one. Here he gets arm under. Look at him exaggerate right there. Club, he should have done a better job with his right hand clubbing right there on the elbow. He doesn't necessarily do that, but he finishes with that rip and inside move. And inside lean, excuse me. All right, the next one we teach is a long arm variation. A lot of times we'll work a bull rush from two hands into one long arm. Other times we end up with a long arm where we're just trying to work into position with the long arm. <clears throat> we want to also attach it with a, once we get a long arm, we will work a drill where we go long arm, and then we release the long arm, and we work a swat with our outside arm. But we really want to start from a fit position. Same drill. We're right side edge rushers, and we're working. We're saying, all right, you've already made your move. You've already gotten a bull rush, whatever it might be. Then we're working into your locked out long arm. So the player right here, you can see both of them. They're locked out, <clears throat> and we teach them if you have one arm in, you're less likely to be held. If you put two arms in, then all of your chest is closer to the blocker. They're going to hold you. So we want to have one. If, if we are bull rushing, especially on the inside, 
We can start with two, but we want to get it to one so we keep our chest away from being held. You're further away with one arm than you are with two. So we really work a lean. That's a pretty good job. Both those guys right there are leaning into it, and we can work around the edge, and we can work a strip. <clears throat> so there's our long arm, and we finish with a strip. This is a great example right here of the lean, and also you can see his left, just by putting just one arm in, his right arm in, his chest is away from the, from the blocker, and as a result, it makes it really tough to be held. He does a great job with his lean, and he works to the quarterback. <clears throat> Here's an example. So here he's got his edge rush, and he really can't beat him around the edge because the tackle sets pretty wide, and so as a result, Bang, he just takes his one arm and he works back to his path right there. That's the one. He doesn't, he starts with two. Now that's dangerous because if you start right there with two, then your tackle's going to engulf you and hold you. But he starts with two and then he releases it and he keeps his left arm free. Now he's in a long arm and he's working into the quarterback's angle right here with that long arm away. That's a good example of it. So we just keep that inside arm long to keep our chest from being held. <clears throat> our left end does a great one. He moves his tackle severely. So he can't get around the edge. The tackle does a good job with his pass set. So now we just go ahead and lock out right here with our one long arm, and we shove him right into the quarterback. Ball's gone within two seconds. That's a pretty good pass rush. Works him right into it. That's just a one-arm, long-arm. Here's examples of good and bad. You see the two, the outside linebacker on, on the screen's left and the defensive end, they do a pretty good job of being correct with their long arms right there. Even though that both they're putting both in, eventually, look at 45, he gets to a one-arm. He can't be held anymore. Eventually, nine... I know it's tough to see at this angle, but he's already put his left hand out, so he's kept his chest away from being held. Now they can get their hand up on pass. They can adjust. They can get uh, the offensive player's hands off. But we want to get, even if it's a bull rush, the right end is starting in a two-man in a two-hand bull rush. That's fine, but then you got to extend it to a one hand so you don't get held. Now look what's wrong. This is the left end. The left end is going to put both hands in, and they're going to keep them there. So he's got a bull rush around the edge. He puts both hands in. As soon as you put both hands in, you're going to get held. There is no doubt about it. Now, there is a guy in a white hat whose job is to watch that, but I don't know what they're watching. <clears throat> so if you put two hands in and you don't keep your chest away, you're going to get snatched down. Here's an example of the incorrect. Watch how both of these players get bent elbows. you got to really work at keeping leverage so you can lock out that inside hand. That's incorrect. Uh, we have to watch this. That's why we recorded this, so we can really watch and go back after practice for the next day's meeting to make sure they're doing this correct. This is wrong because look at the, look at the inside hand. He's too high already. You've got to work when you're, when you're that high and all of a sudden you're working up, you've got no leverage with it. That's not a very good long arm. This one, the long arm stays bent. If you're bent, you're no good. You have to long. Even if you start with a two-hand bull rush, eventually you got to get it to one.
Next, we work a swat and lean. So now we're going to swat with either both hands and then lean with our inside shoulder, or we're going to swat with our inside hand and lean. <clears throat> so here we're left side edge rushers. We swat and lean. Look at the swat. Two hands, swat. We always try to use that long pad to simulate the hands of the tackle coming to us. We give a quarterback, so we have an aiming point. <clears throat> Good swat. He goes both hands. We're going to swat those hands down and then lean. Swat and lean. <clears throat> swat and lean. Here's an example. <clears throat> Watch the left end here. Swat, lean. Now the ball's out in less than two seconds. 1,001, 1,002, the ball's gone. We've done our job. That's a pretty good pass rush. Swat and lean. We're right in on the quarterback. <clears throat> here it is in practice. Really good swat and lean. Both hands are coming to him, swat him down and go. There it is. Look at the chop down. He's waiting for hands. He was waiting for those tackles' hands. He was going to swat and lean. We lean so we don't get pushed by the quarterback, of course. <clears throat> swat and lean. Now he misses the hands, but the lean was pretty good. At least right there, he's leaning into the angle he needs to be going on. Swat. Now, that time he gets pushed too far back. He doesn't do a very good job. He doesn't do a very good job of right there leaning in or getting hands off. <clears throat> we also try to teach our edge rushers, if you get this vertical set, like this tackle right here, if he's getting a vertical set, that's when you want to work your bull rush two hands into one and put the tackle in the lap of the quarterback. If they extend on a wide set, that's when we want to get that swat going. So he probably picks the wrong move right there. <clears throat> he just gets ridden by. <clears throat> we do also teach a spin back. Once you're past the quarterback depth, we say one step past the quarterback depth, then you can work your inside spin back. We start in a fit position, so we're already, we've already made our move against the tackle. Once we're past the quarterback, then we spin back. And we try to teach... Inside hand, so this player in the gray, his right hand should be going to the thigh of the tackle to pin him, and then you can work around. He doesn't do a very good job with the inside hand pinning him. So he's in a fit position. Once you're by the quarterback, inside hand to thigh, spin to the quarterback. Spin back. Once you're past the quarterback, spin back. Once you're past, spin back. There you go. He's trying to pin him there. This happens all the time in a game where you're, you're trying to make your move. You get pushed back. you got to spin back in order to stay in your rush lane. <clears throat> Here's a good example of our right end. Now, he doesn't get as deep as I would have liked. He doesn't get the quarterback depth. But once he sees that he can't, be past, he can't get past him, he spins back right to the lap of the quarterback, and he punches the ball out. There's your spin back. Oh, great job. Inside hand right there. See him pin the thigh. That time he has pins the elbow. Right hand there. And he's got a free shot on the quarterback. Good spin back. <clears throat> you can't get to the quarterback. Spin back.
A lot of times our inside players, once they realize they're going past the quarterback, that's when they need to work to spin back, to stay in their rush lanes. Work that spin back. And we'll do it quite a bit. <clears throat> we also have had a big issue with staying in rush lanes and making sure that our rush lanes, uh, we have integrity in there. So we, we tried to create a little drill where I take um, little rubber hoses and we'll lay them out and we'll actually put a quarterback back there and we'll lay them out a yard and a half to where a guard would be, three and a half yards, uh, six yards. And so then we'll work all of our calls. And if I'm an outside linebacker and I'm rushing outside, I have to stay in this lane. And if I get pushed out by a tackle, then there's your spin back. So we're trying to teach a pass rush, but within the lane um, of how it actually works. <clears throat> this is kind of how you can see the little rubber hoses that we have right here. So we just set this up where we'll have, you know, our nose tackle could go here. Uh, right end could go here. Right outside linebacker could go here. And then as we go back the other way, that would be our left end, and that would be our left outside linebacker. And then we would just work our different calls. So if we made a left call, he would rush. He would rush inside, but he can't go inside of here, and he can't go outside of that lane. So we tried to give them a visual of where the lanes are and how it tapers to the quarterback depth. I know it's hard to see the green hoses, but they're there. So this is how we set up the drill right here. We've got our nose, we've got our end, we've got our outside linebacker. We've made a right call. I'm back here telling which way the blockers to go. They're going to fan to the outside. <clears throat> but this drill, they're not only working their hands, but they've got to make sure, like this right end, if he feels himself out of the lane and going here, he's got to push back into the guard. So we're, we're trying to work on those lanes and not getting out of our lanes. So this would be a left call against it, staying in the lanes, staying in the lanes. You can see how the player right here is trying to push and lean back. He understands this idea that the lane has been created for him. I know it's hard to see, but those, um, those hoses are there to give them landmarks. And we're just trying to stay in those lanes as we rush. <clears throat> Here's an example. We have a rocket call, which is a right go from head up. So we're bringing outside shoulder player, outside shoulder player, peck player, and peck player on the quarterback. So those are our four lanes. We should be able to contain the quarterback outside and inside with those four lanes. And we do a good job of the right end. He realizes after he makes his move, he can't get pushed past the quarterback because that opens up this Russian escape lane. So he's leaning into the guard as much as he can and we end up meeting at the quarterback there. So we're in our lanes, we're outside is correct, and then the inside two are correct by leaning into the guard. Leaning into the guard. This is a left call, so we're bringing this edge player here. We should have these four working to it. Now we, we went too far past the quarterback, so that's why we get that spin back what we really have to work with our inside players is he's got a two-for-one bull rush. That needs to become a one long arm. So when the quarterback escapes there, he can adjust, get off the block, and get his head across, and he can make that tackle when the quarterback tries to go inside of the edge rusher. 
And it's tough. We, we really struggle with this at times. There's no doubt about it. So we really work on staying in those lanes, pushing the inside guys, rushing with the outside guys. This is a good example right here that we really, we really have to work at. This man right here is in the A-gap. He's going to get down pressure with the guard, but once he realizes he's pushed past the hash, he's got to fight back to stay on the peck of the quarterback. See right there, the guard's coming down and double-teaming him. He realizes now that he's got to work back outside the guard so we can stay on the peck of the quarterback. So we're outside shoulder, outside shoulder, Stay on the inside peck, stay on the inside peck. He does a good job of working back to his lane, even though the guard was pushing him down. <clears throat> now, this is something that's tough, is we're going to get a slide protection with this right end. So we're in a right call and we're, we're, we're reducing this way, and the tackle comes with us. So we've got all slide this way, and then we have the back picking up our outside linebacker. So they're going to slide with the back there. All they've done is just move the back up to get them off the edge easier. Well, this is tough because if you see it on the end zone angle, if he just continues this way and the tackle pushes him through, then he ends up on this side of the quarterback, the outside linebacker is here, and then there's your huge rush lane. So we really have to work when it's pass. Watch 49. He realizes he's being pushed past the quarterback, and he gets his spin back so he stays in the pass rush lane. That is not intuitive for most kids. That is something that really has to be practiced and, and drilled and, and fussed over a lot of times. We do a double-team mirror. A lot of times our nose tackle, <clears throat> our A-gap player on rush is always double-teamed. And so we set up this drill where we have a double-team, we have a coach, and then we have a player right here. And we take, uh, a lot of times we'll take, instead of footballs, we'll take um, uh, volleyballs. They're a little softer. And when you're double-teamed, we tell the defensive lineman, when you're double-teamed, just continue to push but have your eyes on the quarterback because now you're going to mirror the quarterback. You're going to play lateral. Once you realize you're double teamed, you're not going to get that pass rush. You're not going to get a sack. Now, long arms, mirror the quarterback to help on the escape routes, and when he goes to throw, we're going to get hands up. So these are the two blockers. Here's our quarterback with our um, volleyball. There's our man who's going to get double teamed, and that's who he's going to throw the ball to. So we work the double team, and then he's going to lock, lock out. He's going to have his eyes on the quarterback. When he throws the ball, that's when we want to get hands up. So we work a double team, he's got to lock out, he's got to get his hands up. Double team, stay mirrored, stay mirrored. When the ball's being thrown, that's when we get hands up. Hands up. So we'll try to do it that way. Here's a hands up good example. <clears throat> the left end is getting up the field, but then he realizes he can't get the pressure and he's going to get hand up, even though he wasn't double teamed.
Here we get two players on that throw side. Ball's out quick. Both of them get their hands up trying to knock the ball down. In fact, the edge rusher does get to it. Then we'll do, against our offense, we'll do a pass rush tempo drill where you can see all of our guys back here were organized in four rush groups. All right, so we're going to rush four, and we're going to rotate through as fast as we can. We're going to rush the quarterback. When the ball's thrown, we always put a cone here because the ball's away, so we're going to sprint towards the angle of the ball. The offense has their pass protectors in here. They're going to work on their different pass protection. And then the four defensive groups are going to continue to rotate through as fast as they can. So, um, you know, we can get, uh, you know, 35 reps, maybe 30 reps in a 10-minute period by trying to just get as many pass rushers at them as possible. So the ball's... The ball's thrown, the ball's thrown, they're going to sprint back, the next ones are going to come up. So we've got four more rushers, they're going to work their pass rush move. The ball's thrown, they should plant, and they should sprint to the cone. Next one, step up. Pass rush, hands up, ball's away, sprint to the cone. And we're just going to continue to, to work through this and get those four pass rush groups as fast as they can. <clears throat> we get a bunch of pass rush. Our offense really gets a, a, a good workout doing this right here. And then when the ball's gone, we're sprinting, sprinting. Then we'll get a team action where we'll go against the full offense with four rushers. We'll have scout linebackers. Here's where we can work good on good. And we can really work some of our best moves here. Ball's thrown, ball's away. Here's a chance for us to work our aiming points. We'll work screens so you can tell when you're being left alone. We'll retreat, retrace steps against screens. So we're trying to go as much as we can against our offense in a set, in a, uh, a set drill like this. <clears throat> For our outside linebackers, um, I've had some questions as to how um, we, we kind of coach the reads and the steps with our, with our outside linebackers. We do a C-gap drill where we organize it this way. So we take our, our outside linebackers. He's the X right here. We have an offensive tackle. and These are all linebackers as well, but we line them up as a tackle. We have one as a quarterback, one as a running back, one as a backside guard, and one as a backside H. And we set this up... <clears throat> And then I'll stand back here as the coach, and then we'll make a right call. So this is a reduction drill. So he's reading face or butt on this tackle. The tackle's inside. And so now his concept is, this outside linebacker's concept is, once you get that butt read, you have two shuffle steps. That's all you have. Two shuffle steps, your eyes go inside. So if we get guard at us, we wrong shoulder. We get H at us, so it's zone cross, we bounce that. If the running back, if so if, if, if neither blocker comes to me and the running back is get is run action away, if he is away over here, he's not a threat anymore. So now we stop after our two shuffles. If he's not a threat, we don't chase. If he's not a threat, we don't chase. And then now we become the quarterback player on Reed. If the running back bends it back, he does become a threat. Now we would take our two shuffles. Now we would take that threat, and the inside linebacker would exchange out to quarterback. <clears throat> a 
A lot of times we'll do it with our, uh, our tackle uh, rings that we can use. So uh, that's the right outside linebacker. That's a tackle. That's the back. That's the quarterback. That's the H-back. That's the guard. I'll stand back here and we'll, you know, we'll point who's doing what so we get all the different possible block and C-gap actions at us so we can play them all effectively. So the first one here, we get kick out, so we get a butt read. We roll the dummy right there, and we get inside the kick out. We can do this with pads. We can do this with no pads. I like to do it with those tackling dummies and the tackling rings is because if he, if he gets skinny like this and you show your back to that ring, then it glides right off, and it's a good way to, to, to show me that you've gotten across the face of that blocker. So your first priority, eyes are inside. He doesn't know if it's zone read. He doesn't know if it's quarterback counter. He doesn't know anything. He just knows butt read, eyes inside. If a blocker comes to me, I'm going to bounce him. <clears throat> Next one we work is H cross. So we get butt read. We're down. We see a blocker. This is the H back on zone cross. Now we get inside and we bounce that. Butt read. Get across. There's your H back. Get inside and bounce. Then we tell these guys, hey, you're not going anywhere this time. And now we get zone read. And so with this butt read, the back is either going to go away or he's going to bend the zone back. Two shuffle steps. If he's away, he's not a threat. Stay for quarterback. If he bends it back to you, now he is a threat. We have to take it. Butt read, hand to hip, two shuffles. The back is away. So now I'm a quarterback player. <clears throat> Hand to hip, two shuffles, back is away. Now I'm a quarterback player. Right back down the line. I like to do it on a line so when we get this butt read right here, when, when the back goes away and he keeps it, now we tell him get right back down the line. Don't slow your angle by going up to him. He's going to be faster than you are. So it's right down the line. I like to make sure their toes are in the white. This is butt read, and now the back bends it back. So if he bends the zone back, he's a threat. you got to take your threat. Here's an example of it. <clears throat> we have a left call, so our left outside linebacker is going to get a butt read with the tackle. Right there. So he's got a butt read. He's going to go hand to hip. He's got two shuffles. Now, his eyes are inside. If a backside guard, a backside tackle, a backside H-back comes to kick him out, he would spill it. He would bounce it. Nobody comes to block him. Now he's playing the backfield action. If the back would hit zone over here, he would stop, and now he's going to be an inside-out player on the quarterback read. The back bends it back, and as a result, that outside linebacker, shuffle, shuffle, he's a threat. Now I take him. If the quarterback would have kept it, now your inside linebacker is exchanging because your inside linebacker reads are clear and cloudy. So in effect, we try to teach our outside linebacker to play all four of those combinations on butt reads. Is it a, is it a kick out at me? Is it H-back cross at me? Is it zone read where the back goes away? Or is it zone read where the back bends it back? And he has to play all four of those C-gap plays effectively in today's football. Hand to hip. If the back comes to him, he's a threat. Linebacker works over the top. The quarterback keeps it. <clears throat> Now we have a right call. We're looking at 23. He's going to get a butt read off the tackle. Butt read off the tackle. Nobody comes to kick him out. Great. 
The back is not a threat to him. The back is far enough away that the back is not a threat. So now he's going to play inside out on the quarterback. The back is not a threat. So now he's going to play inside out on the quarterback. And we end up forcing a pitch all the way out there. Right call. Hand to hip. 39 gets hand to hip. He's bent. Now, the fifth permutation or the fifth possibility is if it's some form of RPO or play action. He's got a butt read. Nobody comes to kick him out. The back doesn't bend it back to him. Now he's a quarterback player. If the other option is he throws, he transitions to get hands up and he knocks the ball down. So with this drill, I think you can teach those outside linebackers how to play those five combinations when the back is to you. Hello, if you enjoyed that video, uh, you are more than welcome. If you have any questions, comments, um, you can reach me at nickpelham at hotmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, if you'd like some more details into the, the reads, the concepts, um, exactly how we teach some of the techniques, um, I previously did a four-hour install, uh, three video series over four hours, um, some good information, a lot of detailed information, and you can find that at store.chiefpigskin.com. Thank you. Thank you.